You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes. I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. Since that, one simple sentence, fans have on different levels been obsessed about thinking, what was the Clone Wars? idea of doing a animated TV series was intriguing to me because it really did allow me to broaden the, the, the canvas of what Star Wars is about. Hello and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host Charlotte. Hey everyone, I'm your other host Caitlin and welcome to this week's, I almost said resistance. <laughs> I felt you almost saying that. <laughs> yeah. well, this is Caitlin. Welcome to Clone Wars. <laughs> we're in the Clone Wars now. We're, in the clo- we're back in the Clone Wars. Whoa, I haven't felt the need to say resistance at all since Clone Wars has started, but it really, it was almost there at the tip of my tongue to be like, welcome to our resistance recap. <laughs> Have you heard of the Colossus? <laughs> Have you heard the good word of the Colossus? <laughs> the, good, the good word of the Colossus ship. <laughs> Um, but no we are here to talk all about the last episode of the bad batch arc from season seven of the clone wars called unfinished business which was directed by brian callen o'connell and it was written by matt mcnovitz and brent friedman once again and this was such a good episode i had such a great time with it I am so sad, question mark, like unbelievable question mark that we're at the end of the Bad Batch uh, arc. I definitely did not expect to love this arc as much as I did. And I'm really sad to say goodbye to these to these characters. I am, too. I have completely fallen in love with the Bad Batch crew. And this arc was a really good introduction into this season and it made me really excited again. It was, I really enjoyed seeing this group of clones alongside Anakin and like thinking about that dynamic. I, I liked it so much <laughs> and I'm really, really surprised. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. I know. I feel like we've said that every single episode so far mm-hmm. this season because we just continually are surprised. But yeah, it was <laughs> it was really sad to, uh, to say goodbye. I mean, we'll be talking about it, but the ending of this episode was Oh boy. Yeah. Big emotion. Emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be talking about it. But before we get started with the rest of the episode, we do have a couple of announcements. One announcement. Um, right now on Twitter, we are doing on the Sky Talkers account, we are doing a 14-day Star Wars challenge. Um, I know a lot of us, uh, Charlotte and myself, have been impacted by the recent outbreaks of coronavirus, which uh, it, I like. honestly don't know how to talk about it on our like Star Wars podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of us have been impacted by it recently, and a lot of us are at home, self-quarantined, working from home, all of that. And um, I think no matter where you are in the country or in the world, it uh, can seem really scary. And it's also really hard to be at home too. There's definitely a boredom level that comes with that in the midst of things being kind of chaotic and uncertain right now. So we did, we're starting this 14-day challenge on our Twitter and we have a challenge every day that's a question um, or 
like a like a small activity or something all about your favorite things in Star Wars. And we hope that it's just an outlet, something to look forward to, just a small piece of positivity on your Twitter timeline, uh, something to get you excited thinking about all the things you love about Star Wars. So if you're interested in taking part in that, you can head on over to our Twitter at SkytalkersPod. And um, we had a really good time coming up with the questions. And I'm I can't wait for our question that we have coming up tomorrow. We're recording this on Saturday, and I'm really excited for our Sunday question. So (laughs) I can't wait to see what you guys answer. Absolutely. I am too. I just want to say I hope everyone that is listening is staying healthy and safe. And if you're not at home and if you're still working and out there that you continue to take precaution. And again, like Caitlin said, it's like it's weird to talk about on our Star Wars podcast, but I do think it's so important that everyone is taking care of themselves and uh, just remaining healthy. I just really mm-hmm. hope that all of our listeners remain healthy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's such a weird thing to talk about, honestly. And I know Charlotte, you're, uh, you're definitely doing work from home for the next two weeks down here in Georgia. Things are a little bit more touch and go and it's been interesting and honestly challenging comparing the responses in like our respective States and also around the world. I don't know. These are, an interesting couple of weeks that I think we've been through and then that we're going to be going through. So like Charlotte said, everyone, please stay healthy, take precautions where you can. Um, Yeah. And uh, we'll be talking about Star Wars. So (laughs) you can always (laughs) come here for Star Wars no matter what's going on. Uh, And, you know, thank God that we have the Clone Wars (laughs) in 2020. I know. I am so thankful we for the Clone Wars so in bad. so many ways. <laughs> so bad we need the Clone Wars. And yeah, so I I was working from home on Friday actually and I've never I've never worked from home actually, so it's a bit of a learning curve for me. So if any of you listening have never worked from home either or have like good tips for those of us who have never been in that situation before, would 10 for 10 appreciate those <laughs> because mm-hmm. it was a new experience. But I got to, you know, watching Clone Wars in the morning, which I usually do even on work days. But it was so fun. It was just like a little bit later than what I usually did. And I was waiting for what felt like forever for Charlotte and our friend Savannah from the Dorky Diva (laughs) show to like wake up and watch it. (laughs) I felt like all morning I was just like, hello, good morning, rooster, are you awake yet? (laughs) When are you going to watch Clone Wars? Please get your coffee. Please wake up. (laughs) <laughs> Savannah and I were like Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z And then you both finally watch it and you're like, oh my god. I'm like, yeah, no, I've been here <laughs> for like four hours. <laughs> oh boy but (laughs) like Cassian like I've been in this fight since I was six years old (laughs) we've weathered the storm the emotions and we're just like bright eyed and bushy tailed the the emotion of the Bad Batch arc conclusion is finally real to you (laughs) I've been here since I was six years old (laughs) Uh, yes (laughs) this episode was really good and uh, as you guys know we have three parts in our Clone Wars recaps and in our Star Wars podcast in general. And part one is our mystery part. Part two is the story. And part three, we talk about characters. So without further ado, let's get started. 
So that, of course, was my main focus, is making a Star Wars that George Lucas was proud of, obviously proud enough to want to put it up on the big screen, and we're all thrilled about that. But, uh, you know, hey, fans are passionate, and whether they say for good or for ill about anything, any aspect of it, it's because they love it. You know, they, they, they want it to be good. They want it to, it to, they feel an ownership over Star Wars at this point, and I respect that. I mean, in both directions, you know, I, I respect the good things I've heard, and I respect when fans says, ah, why is it animated? Yeah, okay, I get it, but, you know, give it a chance and check it out, and I think they'll be surprised, because I'm a fan and I like it. Okay, so welcome to part one, the mystery part, or Charlotte calls it the fun part. And uh, first things first, before we get into the mystery, we are going to look at the, we're going to open up the fortune cookies from these episodes. So as you guys know, with the Bad Batch reels, they had the original animatics that came out, which had one fortune cookie, and then they have the ones that obviously aired on Disney+, Plus, which have the other fortune cookie. So the original fortune cookie with the animatic was learn from the past, but live for the future. Now, the fortune cookie that aired on Disney+, Plus is trust, place, and one another is trust earned. What did you think about the comparison between these two fortune cookies? I actually don't really know what to make of this. I think they're completely different. I agree. Uh, they... To be honest, the first one, the original animatic one, doesn't it doesn't feel as specific mm-hmm. to the episode. And I know there were some changes from the animatic, but I feel like with the other fortune cookies, like the original animatic fortune cookies that we've been discussing so far, they have seemed kind of more big picture with the war. They've seemed more focused on the war. Whereas the ones that actually ended up airing seemed a lot more character driven. And I think that's true for this fortune cookie as well. But the original animatic fortune cookie, I don't know. It doesn't really, I don't know if I think it vibes with the episode. I agree. Like, I think it's a great Star Wars lesson. In fact, it's pretty sequel trilogy, learn from the past, but live for the future. I think that, yeah, (laughs) it it does really remind me of that though. And, uh, I think it's a good fortune cookie. I just don't think it necessarily like in the past couple of episodes, I think that we have made the distinction that something it was like group versus individual and the former fortune cookies were more group oriented and the current ones are more character focused, Mm -hmm. uh, individual based. And I don't really that's not the case here. I know what they're saying in terms of um, Echo's whole arc and his character. I get it. I just for me, it didn't the old fortune cookie and the new fortune cookie i'm not sure that either of them really like do it for me (laughs) i don't know if that really makes a lot of sense but uh i wasn't like super wowed by the comparison of these honestly yeah i like the one that we have i think it works well as far as the relationship between i don't know it kind of i feel like it kind of sums up a lot of the themes of this whole arc though Trust mm. placed in another's trust earned. We spent a lot of the first two episodes talking about Anakin's trust in Rex and trusting that Echo was alive and following through on this mission. And then it was about trusting the Bad Batch to do what they were going to do, trusting them to have each other's backs, like to have Rex's back, and then trusting Echo's plan in the end. And then Rex tra- trusting Echo to make the decision about what he was going to do at the end of this journey. I think that this fortune cookie works pretty well for the the arc as a whole uh i think when we're we're looking at the theme of trust i feel like i just said trust so many times (laughs) i agree with you though i 
you're right. Um, I think that by the end of it, and we'll talk about this a little bit later about Echo's decision at the end and what that says and whether it's believable or you can buy it. I think that it is that his decision is reflected here in this fortune cookie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so for this mystery part, in the past we've done trivia, we've done some debates. <laughs> in this one, we are going to rank all the Bad Batch episodes from this arc. And I again, as you know, we've loved this arc so much. And I'm actually I'm sad to see it go. I'm also just to just to mention as we just spent time compare comparing it, this is the last time we're gonna get to compare something that we've seen before. So that's yeah. uh, going to be sad to say goodbye to that because that's we'll get we'll be getting like brand new content, which will be great and awesome. And that's the dream. But it's been kind of cool to be able to compare uh, the way that story revisions happen, mm -hmm. um, you know? Yeah, absolutely. OK, so I thought that we would start. Uh, do you want to go first, Caitlin, with yours? Yeah. So we're going to start at from. Basically, we're going to save our favorite for last. I don't want to say least favorite because none of them are bad. Um, but we'll end our ranking with our number one. So mm -hmm. the first one for me is Bad Batch, the first episode of the season. Me too. That is my top, like the my number four. Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about um, the Bad Batch characters themselves. And, you know, in the first episode, we really got to see Hunter shine. But I feel like I feel like if there was one thing I could change about this arc, I don't feel like they carried his character through enough through the other three episodes. I don't feel like he had enough to do, whereas I feel like the other Bad Batch characters really got different moments to shine throughout these episodes. And I don't know if I think Hunter had the same amount of time following the first Bad Batch episode. Yeah, I agree. I think that the first Bad Batch episode, the Bad Batch, um, <laughs> showed Hunter kind of shine in that moment where he feels the electromagnetic energy. And that was, yeah. I, I could be wrong about that, but I feel like that that felt like Hunter's mo moment. And we didn't really necessarily get a similar moment to that. Like we did get a really cool battle moment with him with the the knives a little bit later, I think on the, in the episode on the wings of Kiradax, but that felt like his moment. And I didn't think that in a similar way that we got like a crosshair moment and later I think tech is a character that really like bloomed really in yeah. this entire arc and I don't think that really happened with Hunter which is interesting because isn't he technically the the leader yeah they kind of placed him as the leader I do think that this arc I thought there would be more conversations about the differences between Bad Batch and the regular clones mm -hmm. and the humanity of the clones. The first and second episodes really kind of set that up, I think. I don't know. Again, that's something I don't know if I think was completely followed through. Because I remember in the first episode, you know, we're seeing these differences in strategy and they're calling the, you know, Bad Batch is calling the other clones the regs and how they have, um, desirable mutations and things like that and these really really interesting conversations and you know we know what's coming down the line for these clones and I kind of I guess I kind of would have thought there would be more foreshadowing of this darkness that's coming for them in the end with the clones in particular maybe talking about like well this is my choice I have a choice in what I want to do 
you know, things like that, knowing that they're not going to have a choice very, very shortly. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was something that probably would have been like there could have been more of, I suppose. Yeah. Were you aware that there was supposed to be another arc that featured the Bad Batch that took place on Kashyyyk? Yes. I don't know anything about it, but I know that it exists. I think the lack of that is disappointing because I think that we could have gotten a lot of that, especially with Echo joining them and everything, if that was an arc that was picked up for this specific season. But I don't think it'll ever see the light of day at this point, which is, again, disappointing. Yeah. And I I wonder if that's where things would have been explored more, because I think that at the end of the day, this arc actually wasn't necessarily about the Bad Batch as a group, but instead about trust and Echo and how they're able to get Echo back. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. And I think that in order to see them in battle, one would have to go to that Kashyyyk arc. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right about that. Maybe one day that'll get released in some other form, kind of, you know, like Dark Disciple. Yeah, I was thinking that perhaps it would be in a comic, which I think would be really cool. Yeah, I think so, too. So what is your third? My third was On the Wings of the of Caradax. Hmm. My third was Unfinished Business, this one. (gasps) What? (laughs) Yeah. I was really surprised. I actually thought we'd have the same ranking. No, we don't. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah, I loved On the Wings of Caradax. I thought that was such a fun episode. It is the shortest episode out of the group. And for me, I think it definitely had some great action and great moments. It wasn't the most like character driven one for me. I think that's why I put it lower, but I mean, I still loved it. So Yeah. And that's that's when we have Wrecker on the on like the uh, when they're walking like out in the air like that Indiana Jones moment and he's like don't look down don't look down don't look down <laughs> so it, good it was, it was really good a lot of great comedy in that episode yeah absolutely um, I picked Unfinished Business because I don't know I'm again I'm not really com- like I'm not really bound to this ranking I liked the arc as a whole <laughs> I just um, this episode to me wasn't as thrilling as my number one um, okay so what's your number two my number two is a distant echo. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is your number yeah. two? My number two is the Wings Kiradax. Whoa. Whoa. I'm kind of freaking <laughs> out here. <laughs> yeah, which means my number one is a distant echo. And then my number one is unfinished business. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. You picked a distant echo, though, because Padman and Anakin are in it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love A Distant Echo. That's why I picked it as my second favorite for that that whole setup was just it stands out so much. It's so funny. I love it. I love everything mm-hmm. about it. The towel throwing moment personally was a high that <laughs> I will be chasing for a while. <laughs> If you, guys, if you don't know, yeah, okay, you can, okay, you can tell the story. Yeah. I was going to say, if you don't know, Charlotte and I were in Seattle when this episode came out, and so we got to watch it together, which was very special. And but it was like 
3 3:30 in the morning uh, our time when we watched it and Charlotte had just gotten out of the shower we were like in bed watching and uh she got so excited at this moment with Anakin and Padme that she like ripped the towel off her head that was like drying her hair and threw it across the room <laughs> <laughs> so great yes <laughs> it was a really it was a really high high you know <laughs> okay so why was on the wings of Caradex your second favorite i just thought it was so thrilling i loved it i was kind of flip-flop between uh, a distant echo being my number one uh and and this one just because um I don't know. I just felt it was so balanced. It moved so fast. I didn't feel like it was too short. I I think every character really had a great moment. It made me really like Wrecker. Um, I liked Anakin's moments. It was just great. I thought it was beautifully animated. I liked the the bridge scenes. I, everything was like a really good good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it probably now I'm talking it out. Honestly, that's probably my number one. But because of the Anakin and Padme stuff and a distant echo, it edges it out. <laughs> that's I think that's fair and valid. Yeah. <laughs> I I picked Unfinished Business this last episode as my favorite. I just thought the culmination of the ending. I just I can't get over this ending. I cried. And that happens so rarely for me. <laughs> I can't express <laughs> that enough. And the clo- like the emotions on the characters' faces were all so real. Like between Anakin, Echo, and Rex and the emotions that they had on their faces throughout this episode, it was just hit the ball out of the park for me. And especially the the drama of that last shot with Rex and him, you see him like go through all these emotions so close up. I, I don't know what other show has a moment, like what other animated show has a moment like that that is so emotional and so realized on the character's face when he knows that Echo is going to leave. And he turns around and Echo has already started walking towards ba- the Bad Batch. It just, wow, it ripped my heart open. <laughs> and so good. Yeah, I thought I love the action of this episode. I thought it was so great. The humor in it was amazing. I did think that all of the Bad Batch, except for Hunter, had really great moments to shine. And of course, seeing Anakin just really go full dark side a little bit that was really chilling so i love this episode Mm -hmm. yeah i did too it was so great i i think that the the way that i never know if i'm speaking the right language honestly about this but the way that it was animated and i think that the the shot of rex and echo and the bad batch over his shoulder was perfect and it, it really it showed everything yeah yeah, it did. It definitely yeah. did. Okay, so are we ready to move on to part two? Yes. So if you're a captain and I'm a Jedi, then technically I outrank you, right? In my book, experience outranks everything. Well, if experience outranks everything, I guess I better start getting some. Okay, so welcome to part two where we're discussing the story. So here's our first question. In this episode, where do we start and where do we end? Unfortunately, we're not on Skako Minor anymore, so we can't see the Octave Tarses. And we never did. We can't see the Octave (laughs) I'm so sad. (laughs) Dave really did us dirty (laughs) by not showing up. Only you. Literally only you. (laughs) That's not true. You're entertained by this too, all right? Don't just make this a me thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> the eight-eyed gas bag-headed vine walkers, the octoptaruses, R.I.P. We never got to know you. <laughs> never. <laughs> and I'm very sad. Charlotte even checked in her, like, Charlotte got this wonderful, like, Creatures and Aliens book in Star Wars, and they're not in there either. Uh, a it's mystery. Right. It is. They'll <laughs> remain a mystery. But anyway, so we did start this episode back on an axis. It felt like a little bit of time had passed. Not a ton, but maybe more than, you know, a couple hours, maybe a couple days, because we see Echo in, you know, like a new uniform. It feels like they're re-strategizing. All of that it does feel like a little bit of time has passed. And so they're trying to take an access back over in this episode. And so Echo comes up with this plan to go up to Trench's ship and basically trick Trench into thinking that he's still on Skakel Minor and sending out these signals to basically sabotage them the same way, same way that Trench was sabotaging the Jedi earlier. And so we stay on an axis for this uh, for this episode, and we end with the Bad Batch and their newest member, Echo, getting ready for their next mission and departing. Yeah. Something that I really liked is how this episode, which wasn't present in the animatics, at least I don't think it was. I'm trying to remember now that I said that. I'm getting self-conscious. I, I feel like the episode really had this this tone over it that was distrustful of echo because of that last shot in the last episode and i think you're supposed to as an audience place your trust in rex and anakin who trust echo but also you're supposed to be like oh the bad batch maybe have a point you never know who what side is he on you know clone wars has kind of tricked us a couple times with things like this goldie so goldie yeah never forget goldie never forget gold i learned a valuable lesson that day <laughs> truly i'm i've never been so shook it's the greatest <laughs> plot twist of television history i you can't tell me otherwise <laughs> agreed so i think that there's this this tone that 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 plays over this whole episode at least in the beginning especially even especially as Echo approaches the the planning table with Mace and Obi-Wan and Anakin and Rex all there, right? I think that they're kind of like, at least Mace is very accepting, but Rex is like, you know, he's entering our space. I'm so sorry. Like, uh, I'm so sorry, you know? And I think that that was interesting. You're supposed to be like, why is he interrupting him? Um but then you place your trust in Mace, who says, you know, I think that if, if the trooper wants to help, like, we should hear him out, you know? And there's there's just this interesting thing that's going on, I think, about trust uh, throughout the entire episode. It's a major theme, as we said, trust a bunch in part one. <laughs> but I think that in start by starting off at this place of um, distrust or... I don't know. I think that it's not fully distrust because you feel sympathy for Echo and you have for the past couple of episodes and you're thankful that he's back. But I think in a time of war, you're just always quite alert. Yeah, the it's clear that the Republic are kind of they really don't have a choice at this point. And I think that's really kind of exemplified through the Bad Batch themselves, as I feel like they're the ones that comment on it the most about mm -hmm. can we trust you? Should we trust you? I loved at the end when I think it was Crosshair or maybe even Hunter that said, looks like we could trust you in the end. And Echo says, was there ever any doubt? You know, jokingly. And Tech goes, some. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I just, I, 
I appreciate that. I like their honesty. They really, they have no Fs to give. They're yeah, just, totally. <laughs> they just do whatever they want, which I think is really great. And, but it's important. It was it, like, it's good questions that they were asking. And this is kind of, this is kind of what I think this arc has done really well is balancing the need for wanting to believe that someone like Echo was alive, but also, you know, there's that conversation between Anakin and Echo. I think it's, or Anakin and Rex and it's in a distant echo I think where he has that conversation with Rex where he says you know I want to believe that Echo's still alive if he's not are you prepared to handle the consequences to do what needs to be done if he can't be saved and there's that question of we're going to follow you as far as we can but if things don't go the way we want like this we need to be able like I need to know that you're going to do what needs to be done and mm-hmm. I think that that was kind of the same conversation or, or similar theme and thinking in this episode too. Like they don't have another option. Uh, they have to trust Echo and they have to take it as far as they can. And we see the Jedi like Mace and Obi-Wan and Anakin really just go with the flow and this whole thing. They're so bantery in this episode. It was really fun. Like between Mace and Obi-Wan talking about Anakin's plan and Anakin is not, not taking orders, but he's doing what Echo is telling him to do, which, you know, Echo is like Anakin is his general. So it's kind of weird that he can just tell Anakin what to do and Anakin's doing it. But there's a lot of trust going on there and it's the Bad Batch that are serving as kind of that reality check i think for the episode of well i guess we're doing this and hope hope you're not lying (laughs) that's why they're so great they really are a whole mood (laughs) yes an entire mood like a four-course dinner (laughs) yeah so great i think that just the theme of trust though comes back around even and i'm sorry my head is always here but we debated the look in A Distant Echo of mm-hmm. what Anakin, you know, gives Obi-Wan. And there's a there's a misplaced trust there. And yet Anakin, the dichotomy of Anakin is that he's willing and fully willing to trust Rex in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the breakdown of these relationships that it's interesting because in a way, Anakin and Rex have a master apprentice type of relationship, given the fact that and like Rex is Anakin's clone in this w- weird way, like a, be- a belonging is a weird like formality. But, but they, I the think- clones are property of the Republic, right? It's it's so it's bad. difficult, <laughs> you know. Yes, it is bad, and I think, but I do think that perhaps the, there's this, uh, there is a like a formal like master and apprentice relationship there, and I think that. You know, Padme reminds Anakin to trust him because Rex is always there for Anakin. And if only, you know, they had kind of taken that advice for Obi-Wan and things might have been different, you know? Ouch. I know. It's it's just it's interesting, though, because I think this whole this whole arc is about trust and accepting the new. And that's why that moment in A Distant Echo actually works so well, because it reflects back to moments in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely right. One of the things that I thought was just an interesting tidbit in this episode was the fact that it never came out that the Techno Union lost to Echo. Yeah. And that they yeah. never told Trench. Because mm-hmm. when Trench was like, oh, send a message to Skako Minor, I was like, um, excuse me, Trench, Echo isn't there anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, he doesn't know that. <laughs> 
So <laughs> I was kind of surprised that that didn't come back around and he found out. I thought for sure that he would find out midway through, like he'd get a, a message from the techno union that Echo wasn't there. To me, this totally lays it all out about what the separatists are all about. There's no unity here. There's mm-hmm. so much mistrust. And it's funny to even say, but these separatists are even separating from the separatists. Like <laughs> their their organization, it's it, it's unsupportive all among them, you know? Yeah. So I'm while yes, I was surprised that never came back around, but I think it never came back around for a reason. They're just never on the same page. They're only acting in their own self-interest. Yeah. And when you think about what Trench said too, he says Dooku will kill me if I lose an access. Mm-hmm. And the techno union will probably say, Trench will kill us if he found out we lost Echo. And it's just this cycle. Well, it's not just that, but it's also another example of mistrust, right? Mm-hmm. Of there's this major breakdown going on in this, you know, this opposing side on the war where no one trusts each other. So they're clearly going to lose, right? And it's it's just, it's another example of that. Yeah. But we also know that that trust is breaking down on the Republic side, too, Yep, with Anakin and the Jedi Order. And we know that the Jedi Order, too, is losing trust in Palpatine, and they're becoming a lot more suspicious of him. So it's all breaking down because it all sucks. (laughs) Your favorite animated show could never be this complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us. Tell us which. Actually, do tell us. I'd be interested in other animated shows. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to probably, shockingly, one of my favorite parts of this episode, which was Mace Windu's speech. This is my favorite content of Mace I've ever seen in my life. And let me tell you, listener, I am floored. I freaking loved Mace in this episode. And you can't even scratch that off your Skytalkers bingo because that never would be on your Skytalkers bingo. Never. <laughs> never. But here I am to say, wow, I love this episode with Mace in it. This speech, y'all, killed me. I was <laughs> so entertained by this speech. I texted Charlotte when she finally watched it, and I was like, this has such big Sailor Moon vibes. Like, I can't even <laughs> with this. Like, the way that he comes in, he's standing on this box, and <laughs> He has his lightsaber and is totally doing, like, pointing like Sailor Moon does. Sailor Moon has this whole speech where she's like, I'm a guardian of peace and justice in the galaxy, and you're not super peaceful, so, like, I'm going to get you. And (laughs) I just think it's so great. So let me read this speech to you. I transcribed it because I love it so much from Mace. And he says, my name is General Mace Windu of the Jedi Order. At this point in the Clone War, I have dismantled and destroyed over 100,000 of you Type 1 battle droids. I'm giving you the opportunity to peacefully lay down your weapons so that you may be reprogrammed to serve a better purpose than spreading the mindless violence and chaos which you have inflicted upon the galaxy. Just, I love it so much. And the droids just look at him and go, blast him! <laughs> and then Obi-Wan goes, well, it was worth it. Worth a try. <laughs> I don't know why, but this whole sequence just killed me. I thought it was so funny. Me too. I loved it so much, but I was also really surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So was I. I don't think that this was something that I expected out of Mace. I had no idea that he re- reprogrammed droids. Maybe this is something that was in canon and I didn't notice, but um, it seemed it seems like a pretty compassionate act, and I don't necessarily consider Mace Windu that way. In fact, I think he's more of a major rule follower, oh, and I- this... Sometimes I feel like this 
contradicts that, but in a good way. I'm sorry. I didn't think of it as like he was going to reprogram them. I thought it was just like you could be reprogrammed. Not that this was like an initiative that he was starting, but maybe it is. Maybe well, that's he what- said I have dismantled and destroyed over a, a hundred of, you know? Yeah, like, like he's destroyed them, but I yeah. don't know. If, is he the one reprogramming them? I don't know. I don't know maybe. either. I hadn't thought about it that way. That's interesting. We watched that arc recently. It was the Citadel arc where they had these repro, like R2-D2 had these reprogrammed battle droids and it was oh, so yeah, great. yeah, it was so good. <laughs> I loved that so much. So clearly this is something that has been done. I just didn't know that it was a Mace Windu-led project or something that he would be personally offering up even if he didn't lead them like you thought Mm -hmm. um it still for me feels like and i'm not saying it's out of character it's just surprising yeah and i i liked it and in fact it made me immediately think about you know anytime you talk about reprogramming reprogramming droids i think about l3 and i think about I think about L3, but now I also think about IG-11 in The Mandalorian, which is a cool thing. But uh, basically, I think about L3, and I think about a lot of quotes from Last Shot about reprogramming and creating yourself like anew. And I, to me, anytime this is discussed, I think we're living in this world now post-Solo of droids can be sentient and make a choice i feel like i keep saying this on these episodes because it's something that star wars is introduced into canon and it continues to be really interesting you know especially here i think that there's a a discussion to be raised about sentience even in the fact that say the droids are like yeah sure we'll go with you we'll uh, i'll be reprogrammed for sure but they're still going to be killing machines right yeah because they're gonna be back with the jedi doing exactly what they were doing just for the other side you know Mm -hmm. and it just makes me think a lot about how l3 like i love this quote from last shot maybe we're our own makers no matter who put the parts together it's there's there's so many we love that book last shot by daniel daniel jose older like so much um and I think the points that it raised in terms of droid sentience and droid rights are really interesting. But I think this is just another strike against a very clouded Jedi um, and a, a very kind of uh, violence-oriented system. Yeah, the whole concept, I think, of this speech is really interesting, especially when we take into consideration, like you said, IG. Uh, 11 in the Mandalorian and then L3 too. It's just like, what would L3 have said in this situation? Like she, she led a revolt. So I think she would have said something similar to what me said, but the part about like being reprogrammed, it's so interesting because IG 11 was reprogrammed too. And that's part of his like redemption as a mm-hmm. droid and it's a very complicated conversation and i th- i think it's great that star wars has these different examples of it throughout these different stories now that you know can seem like they contradict each other i think in some places but that's the point is because these things aren't they aren't cut and dry it's not going to be the same for every situation you included this other quote from l3 too from last shot which i think is really great as well so i think we should read it And it goes, quote, and anyway, L3 went on, who is the maker but our own selves, really? Sure, some guy in a factory probably pieced me together originally and someone else programmed me, so to speak, 
But then the galaxy, the galaxy itself forged me into who I am because we learn, Lando. We're programmed to learn, which means we grow. We grow away from that singular moment of creation, become something new with each changing moment of our lives. Yes, lives. And look at me, these parts. She ran her hand along the mesh wiring and the rebranded astromech of, the, of her midsection. I did this. So maybe when we say the maker, we're referring to the whole galaxy, or maybe we just mean ourselves. Maybe we're our own makers, no matter who put the parts together. So I think that I it, I think it's really interesting to think about what L3 would have said in that situation with the Type 1 battle droids. What does she think about their autonomy? And we always see those droids, just their comedic relief, right? You know, Roger, Roger, what is he doing? Don't shoot me in the face. Like they're they're there for laughs. But I think Elthru would probably be really offended at all those laughs at their expense. Yeah, I think so too. And I I I don't think I think that Mace is offering something that's like halfway there. Yeah. But not fully what L3 would agree is the same as like droid liberation, which is what we see in solo. I don't think we're there yet because we're not even there yet in terms of timeline, right? Yeah. And it's 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 just great to consider these things and perhaps this is just another strike at a limitation of the Jedi for seeing something as a compassionate act of uh, offering a droid of freedom, but is it really freedom? And that's just a theme that you see often with the Jedi, especially around the Clone Wars. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard conversation because I like laughing at the Type 1 battle droids, but same, same. again, when we, when we think about it within this this larger conversation of droid rights in Star Wars, it becomes a little bit more murky. Although I suppose mm-hmm. everything is murky in this time period. So it's falling falling right in line. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about Echo at the end in that choice because it was really moving. I think it was shot brilliantly. It was animated gorgeously. I think that we can all understand Echo's decision. But I have seen a couple people online saying that that decision didn't feel necessarily earned since the Bad Batch was pretty skeptical of Echo. And I wanted to know what you thought about that. I didn't think this at all when we first watched this episode. I think that kind of what I said earlier, I think that the Bad Batch, I don't think they hold anything back because they don't have to. And I think that once once you prove yourself, they're incredibly loyal and that that's just how it is. And so I think they I think they recognized you know something similar to themselves in Echo of being different and it's like spilled like spilled water you can't put it back. Um now that Echo has come out the other side of this really harrowing and changing experience, he can't he can't just go back to being just a, a reg you know, mm-hmm. and I think that the Bad Batch realized that and understand that it would be difficult for him and also that he would be a good asset to their team as well. I think there is something to be said about them being the ones to kind of point out all the the possibility that Echo could be fooling them this whole time. But I think, I don't know, I think that, that once they, they were never shy about saying that, you know, <laughs> they mm-hmm. weren't of about it. They said it to his face. And I know that's kind of a weird thing to be like, that makes it okay. But I, I kind of think it does. I hope that doesn't sound bad. But I, I didn't get that vibe about it not being a like, is it earned for Echo to go with them? I don't think it's necessarily about Echo going with the Bad Batch themselves, but about him 
making the choice for what he wants to do. The fact yeah. that he even gets to have a choice, I think that's for me. I think I feel like that's almost the bigger takeaway is that he recognizes that he is no longer the same, and that he doesn't belong with you know the five hundred first in the same capacity anymore. Yeah, you're. I think you're really right. I agree with you, and I think that I think that. When you're the most right is the fact that it's really all about his own choice. And you have Rex understanding that, I think, at the end. And you have that really, really touching salute at the end that reflects that perhaps they're all still, maybe they're separated, but they're all the same, really. You know, they're all bound by whatever they went through and whatever they'll go through together in the future. Ooh, yeah, it was, <laughs> I, I, I was... I was so sad when that whole thing happened. <laughs> I, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it really got me. Just the close – I keep saying it, but the close-up on Rex's face, oh, my God. It just – it makes you feel things. It was perfect. It, it was, was absolutely perfect. It was really perfect. Kind of talking about the end of the episode a little bit more kind of broadly speaking as far as the story that's going on, I liked that they did include at the end – as Mace walks away, he says, thanks to you guys, Republic Shipyards will be up and running again, which I don't know if I knew that that's why an axis mattered. I feel like they might have said it, like the voice of war might have said it in the very yeah. first episode, but I, I didn't remember. And they I feel like they they didn't really talk about it throughout the, the subsequent episodes. So it was nice to have that reminder here at the end that this is why we need an axis. It's not just about having a planet. They're making ships here mm -hmm. and it definitely reminded me too of solo and coruscant being a shipyard and i thought this whole exchange at the end was really interesting where you know may says thanks to your public shipyards will be up and running again and then he walks away and after he walks away obi-wan says you've got some medals coming your way and then he also walks away it's so nonchalant and so almost like bureaucratic just be mm. like, here's a medal. Thanks for risking your life. <laughs> yeah. And that Rex and Echo at first, you're like, cool, let's go get the medals. Like, yay. And then Bad Batch are like, we, we don't know. <laughs> we don't need that. Yeah, we're not here for the accolades, I think. So interestingly, in the animatic, there is a medal ceremony. So I think that was kind of an Easter egg to remind that that existed. Um and I think that, yes, that line, you're supposed to kind of look a little into it, like you said, but I, in a weird way, I think it was a, haha, that happened in the animatic, but it's not happening here. Mm. <laughs> a metal ceremony, sure, but we're going to give you something way more emotional. Yeah. Yeah, it was super emotional. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. I actually rewatched the whole arc today, and seeing it all together was so great. I really, really feel strongly that this was the best like toe dip really into Clone Wars again. It made me, it reminded me why I like these characters, why I tune in each week for these different stories, even if on the surface, it's not something that initially excites me fully about the Clone Wars. I always get something out of it. I always get another layer of understanding of this time of war and Star Wars in general. Yeah, 100%. And it was it was really nice to ease our way back into the galaxy at this time period with the with the Bad Batch arc. It it were it was the best way to start this season, I think. I know I've been like on the edge of my seat waiting to see Ahsoka again, 
but this I think this was the best way to get back into the war and I think that this arc really did have it all as far as talking about the strategy what the separatists are doing what the republic is doing the fact that anakin is inching closer to the dark side we got that padme moment seeing what's going on with the clones i think it did a lot of things really really well yeah are we ready to talk about character yes the jedi order is your life you can't just throw it away like this ahsoka you are making a mistake Maybe, but I have to sort this out on my own. Without the council, and without you. Okay, welcome to part three, where once again we're going to start with asking, has our favorite Bad Batch character changed? Honestly, no. Yeah. Um, well, kind of. I think that if my, my favorite character was Hunter, and then I kind of changed to Tech, Tech remains. I still like Hunter. Anytime he speaks, I'm like, yes, Hunter. So I guess so. But I have to say this episode and the last episode really gave me a lot of reasons to love Wrecker. I think that a moment that we didn't mention already was Anakin saving the detonator for Wrecker was such a good character moment and really made me feel like they were a crew It really showed to me that Anakin kind of understood different likes and dislikes of this group and would save this kind of present for Wrecker at the end. I loved it. It was such a good moment. So funny. So funny. (laughs) I loved when Wrecker was out outside of the, uh, I guess, where Echo was plugging in to the ship and he's like guarding it out there and he has like his his gloves off or whatever and his helmet is like resting on his forehead and then when it's time for him to like get down to business he has this like little montage this like split second montage where he like puts it all back on and he just like shakes his head and the helmet falls into place (laughs) (laughs) it was just it was really great i wish we could have seen him with a turkey leg one more time but yeah yeah i think yeah i think my I think tech is still my favorite. I I I love Crosshair. I, he's so quiet, but man, when he steps up to the plate, I'm like, whoa! I love Crosshair. <laughs> I think he's so cool. I do think Wrecker is definitely number two, though, for me. And then Crosshair. I feel like Crosshair and Wrecker kind of share the spotlight. And then Hunter. I do really love them all, though. But yeah, I feel like my. Uh, Wrecker just continually moved up on my favorites list <laughs> throughout this whole thing. I loved Crosshair's big moment in this episode when they were showing off. I love when any two characters show off with each other and have a little like battle competition. Mm-hmm. I think it's always so good and it's always a memorable moment. But this one specifically was so great. I love the ricochet effect of oh the the blasters and it was so cool because, you know, I was like, what are those things that he's laying? Because I didn't come back around right away. And then when it did, I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> it was so cool. I thought that they were detonators for a second. Same. And then the way that – I don't think I noticed this um, be- until this episode, but the way that he has the the extra piece on his on his arm, on his armor, to help guide him with his, with his blaster – that he like rests it on. I thought that was so cool. Such a cool thing to add to his um to his armor. And yeah, I loved the Wrecker's conversation. He was like, 
he's just gonna he's gonna try and outdo me he's gonna do it he's gonna try to outdo me and then he does that super cool thing with with the mirrors and the ricocheting it was amazing and uh <laughs> when hunter was i think it was hunter and he was like don't worry rucker you'll get him next time <laughs> crosshair goes no you won't <laughs> it was so funny i loved it yeah that moment with wrecker or with uh crosshair i thought was just incredible but wrecker's moment was really good too and it was really funny because then hunter says uh you know i feel sorry for the droids at this point (laughs) Wrecker is just like plowing through them it's funny because in that moment i was like i feel like i always feel sorry for the droids now <laughs> it's like really like taken out of it for a second because i was like, <laughs> like that's just be- me being me though <laughs> so. you're like did i say that or did hunter say that who said yeah. that <laughs> did yeah. i just talk out loud <laughs> exactly exactly but I, I i agree with you i thought it was a really funny moment it was great okay let's talk about the moment that had me yelling <laughs> which is so good oh my god <laughs> Anakin and Trench. Oh, boy. This whole scene was incredible in, like, a really terrifying kind of way. The I feel like the scowls that we've seen from Anakin this season, we saw very few and far between in the earlier seasons of The Clone Wars. The one that really comes to mind is his scowl in the Ahsoka Leaves arc when Tarkin basically condemns Ahsoka to death or to expulsion, something like that. And you just see this, like, whoo, boy, horrible look on Anakin's face. And like I said, I, I can only think of a handful of times that we've seen something that vicious from him in the Clone Wars, like really, really dark. We saw it on um, – we saw it in Mortis. We saw it – I think we saw it on the landing at Point Rain. I think we saw it like with the Clovis arc, something like that. And then with the Ahsoka Leaves are kind of standouts for me. Oh, and the Slavers uh, the, yeah. on the Zagarian arc too. Um, I feel like those are kind of standouts for me. And this was just – so dark. The the conversation that he has with Trench is chilling. I will I should have mentioned this in the story section, but I really liked how this episode was kind of cut in two. The first half of it was pretty clearly delineated by getting the droids to all shut down with Echo's plan. And then the second half was really devoted to disarming this bomb and getting out of Trench's ship. And I really liked how there was kind of that split because I remember watching it and they disarm all the droids and they're like, great, awesome, let's head back to base. And I was like, wait, we're only we're only 12 minutes in. (laughs) What else is coming? There's a bomb. (laughs) There's a bomb. But the conversation that that Trench and Anakin have is so chilling. And so I wrote it down because I think that it's just it's really good. And um So Anakin comes into the room. He's yelling at Trench to give him the code to disarm the bomb. And Trench says, never. Dooku would kill me for losing an axis. And Anakin says back, you don't think I would? And Trench says, you're a Jedi. You're nobility. And he gets cut off because Anakin, you know, chops off three out of his six arms. And Anakin says, I don't have such weaknesses. Which, hmm, that Mm. line chills. Mm-hmm. It was a reminder how close we are to Revenge of the Sith, mm-hmm. where 
Anakin is months away from turning to the dark side and like risking it all. <laughs> and I feel like it made me gasp. It made me yell. I am still shook by it because it felt really in character too. I think it was surprising, but I didn't expect anything less from Anakin. I also, the moment he went into that room, I expected him to kill Trench because it just seemed like the the only move because I don't think we were going to see him again. You know, this is the last season of the Clone Wars. I don't know. And I feel like, but instead they made this moment a moment where you again question what it is to be a Jedi and what Anakin's own path as a Jedi is and whether he will ever care about the rules or if he even believes in the rules or even the perception of Jedi, which is something that we've talked extensively about, I think is brought up in this exchange. Everything is good about this exchange. <laughs> it's the whole pacing of this scene is really alarming, honestly, because we you think about what Anakin has and hasn't done yet in his journey. And he's definitely made a lot of hard choices up until this point in the Clone Wars, but he still hasn't killed Dooku yet. And mm -hmm. killing Dooku, that's like a really big thing for him it's this big moment where you know he's talking to palpatine that he needs to stand trial he that it's not the jedi way all of this but then in this moment when trench brings up the fact that he's a jedi his nobility which such an interesting word choice to use the word nobility mm -hmm. you're very cool when anakin was born a slave what is noble about being a slave right the and i i think the jedi you know would probably refute the word nobility too agreed i would like yeah. to think and uh, but even not even thinking about that the fact that anakin says they don't have such weaknesses weaknesses for what mercy justice the law <laughs> um is <laughs> everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really alarming and this whole thing the second time i watched it i was really kind of uh, again alarmed at the fact that he like we build up to him killing trench first mm -hmm. it's a request then it's a warning and then when he gets electrocuted the fact that he's able to work through that electrocution to impale trench in this like really graphic manner and then trench is still alive and Anakin is on the comm link like, all right, well, LOL, took care of that one for you. Mace, like, you owe me one. And Mace is like, haha, okay. But they have no idea what Anakin just did. And then Anakin goes and grabs the the detonator and is like, LOL, Wrecker's going to love this. Trench is still alive. He's like writhing. And Anakin literally trots out of the room and, and then Trench falls over and has like a whole death spasm that we're treated to on the screen. <laughs> I just, it was really alarming seeing him fluctuate between these moods and these conversations. And I wonder... I wonder what Obi-Wan might have said if he saw that happen. But then I'm like, do do they care in this wartime? No. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I because don't... the thing with Obi with Anakin killing Dooku in, in Revenge of the Sith is that Obi-Wan isn't there to witness it. And we know that Obi-Wan might have been able to talk Anakin out of it. But like the whole setup is that Palpatine gets rid of Obi-Wan because he knows that he can reach Anakin. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think 
it it was it's a really great scary scene i think it's worth a reminder that as we are about to the next episode will be the first in the ahsoka walkabout episodes to remind ourselves that at this point in time anakin is like not okay right? He has just lost his Padawan. And I recently rewatched the Ahsoka Leaves arc. And every time I watch it, I am completely, completely struck by how brutal it is and how like they were going to charge Ahsoka and like put her to death. And I think that there's there's so many moments of betrayal. Like the entire thing is about betrayal, right? All these different institutions betray Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. So I think that at this point, and in the fa- at, at the very end, I think that Anakin even thinks that Ahsoka leaving is a form of betrayal because at this point now he feels alone in a certain way. Yeah. And then if you want to go back even to the next point, so in the Lost Missions, we have the Clovis arc and everything with Anakin. And Anakin is fully not okay in those those episodes. He lashes out. He probably touches the dark side way more than in this particular episode of Unfinished Business. And I think that that really proves his like possessive nature over Padme and his unwillingness to let something go and how... It's really, it's a, it's really like a cry for help. I think in terms of his like own attachment, his uh, his abilities. I think that he's just really caught in between so much. And here we have another example of he basically badmouths to Jedi, right? And I think that it, by saying I don't have such weaknesses, does he consider the Jedi weak? Yes, because in the Ahsoka Leaves arc, when, uh, you know, he he describes to Ahsoka how much he, he wants to leave, right? He's thought about it so much. And Ahsoka says, I know. And I think that this doubt that it sets in about the institution of the Jedi is ever present in Anakin, especially past that point where he's no longer with Ahsoka. Yeah, things are really going downhill. Oh yeah, they're going really downhill, and they're about to go way more downhill. They're about to especially fall off. With, yeah, they're about to completely fall off, especially with you know a reunion between Anakin and Ahsoka. I think it will be great because I think Anakin will be so happy for Ahsoka to be back. But there will be this lingering tension. I think I think that Anakin understands why she left, but she also has so much to deal with. I don't think she's okay. She's probably not okay at all. And I think that. And Anakin's not okay, and they feel I feel like they have a lot to talk about, and we're not going to be okay. <laughs> Charlotte just spiraled a little in that yeah. hole. <laughs> she's like, Anakin's but, not okay. It's not good, but I think she's okay, but she's not okay. And like, no Anakin's one's okay. okay. There's going to be tension, and like, we're not okay. <laughs> Was what Dave saying, okay when he wrote this? I don't really know. No. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is I I think we're just really – it's hard to remember sometimes that we're inching towards tragedy and every piece will feel like another like notch in this chain of tragedy. <laughs> like you're like, we don't remember that. Our tagline is literally Star, Star Wars, Star Wars is tragedy. Is tragedy. <laughs> I'm very aware that we're inching closer to horrible galactic doom. I agree, but it's easy to forget when you're yeah. like, yeah, jolly bad batch, <laughs> all these, all these fun things, and then you're like, whoa, Anakin just really dipped real close to the dark side. 
<laughs> and you're like, oh no, hope that doesn't happen again. And then you remember the revenge that happened. <laughs> Dolly Bad Badge. There's Wrecker with his turkey leg. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? He's benching a gonk droid. <laughs> oh, OMG. Anakin just dipped real close to the dark side. The dark side. He just needs to vibe out for a little bit. <laughs> Like, boy needs a break. We all know that he needs a break. (laughs) It doesn't happen again. (laughs) And you're like, oh no. Dooku, the younglings. Oh no. (laughs) He needs to vibe out on the side. Mm -hmm. He does. He really does. (laughs) This does really bring uh, up to mind my headcanon or hope for when we do see Anakin and Ahsoka meet of maybe Anakin considers leaving the Jedi Order and he asks Ahsoka about it because you know this line here I don't have such weaknesses it's clear he's thinking negatively about the Jedi Order or at least has negative subconscious thoughts that are coming up in these moments like this and Mm -hmm. I, I wonder if he would ever approach Ahsoka about what it is to leave because he has plenty of reason now but if he starts having these visions of Palp of Padme, then that's going to push him closer to what he thinks is a sure thing, a definite yeah. solution, which would be Palpatine. Yeah. I mean, even thematically, we've just spent four episodes with Anakin with a group of clones who don't consider them part of an organization. Yeah. And I think that you, you can draw a parallel about whether or not Anakin wants to consider himself not part of an organization. Yeah, definitely. Can you imagine if, like, Anakin and Ahsoka have this, like, sad, hopeful conversation where he's like, maybe I don't belong there anymore. And Ahsoka's like, maybe you don't because of Padme. And, like, I saw her hollow. She's definitely pregnant. (laughs) I know. You might not know, but I know. (laughs) (laughs) And Anakin's like, doesn't hear her, but then is, like, because he's just talking. And he doesn't hear her say that. And he's like, yeah, I think you're right. And he's like, you know, I'm going to talk to Padme. And I think I like, I th- I think we should do it. I think we should do it. And then the next time they see each other is when Palpatine gets kidnapped. Mm-hmm. And Anakin's like, wait for me. I'll call you when this is over. And we'll make a plan to leave. And then that's why Anakin, when he sees Padme for the first time again, is like, I don't care if they, they, they know we're married, you know, all those things. Because he's, he's, he's like going to leave. willing to walk away. Yeah. <sighs> Dave, you let me down on the Octoptaruses. <laughs> but don't let me down on this one. <laughs> <laughs> don't let me down here. <laughs> I'm just, I'm waiting for... Um, the whole there have been whispers you've been killed thing to rise up. I don't know what that means. I feel like they're going to fill that in. If they don't, I'll look like a clown. It's fine. But I think that <laughs> I think that they could do something really cool with that. In 2020, we are all clowns. Mm-hmm, we are. This is a whole clown year. <laughs> What's really funny is in the Star Wars Archives book, which I have, there's a section in the beginning called All of Us Young Clowns. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I forgot. <laughs> and I, I think it's like George talking about how hard film school was or something, but the fact that it's like a header in the book that's just because all of us, comma, young clowns. 
So random, but so specific. <laughs> that energy is really ahead of its time. Totally. <laughs> okay, can we talk about Echo and kind of what he represents? Because this is something that I haven't talked about yet, but it's been kind of floating around in my mind. I think that there's perhaps a parallel to be drawn between Echo and Vader slash Anakin. It's hard to make those parallels when Echo literally knows Anakin. But I think that it, when you have a character in Star Wars who has been operated on and has like mechanical limbs and becomes like part machine working for, you know, a dark organization, I think that you can draw some parallels in terms of choice and uh, loyalty and and like own like literally like physical being towards Vader to characters like Grievous and uh, you know characters like this continue to come up in Star Wars almost repetitively and I think that this here we have another story of and you said this earlier in our story section of Echo's own path really representing choice like he had no choice when he was programmed to help out the techno union and you know completely usurp the algorithm and give them all the all the secrets and everything and by the end of it he has his own choice he's able to walk away and join people that he feels comfortable with because they all have desirable oh my god desirable mutations i keep forgetting what those two words are desirable mutations and in a way echo also has desirable mutations at this point because you know i think that they'll see him as an asset rather than um, you know, someone who has been through a lot, you know, I think that there's, there's an abuse narrative that you can go down with Echo. Absolutely. And I think that you also have a character like Anakin who, yes, turned to the dark side. Yes, did evil deeds. And this perhaps goes back to our like years old conversation about when does Anakin actually fully become Vader and, you know, so many people cite that it is perhaps when he gets the mask, when he is operated on, when he loses all of his limbs and he becomes more machine now than man, right? And at the end of it, you find out that that's absolutely not true. A man is behind the mask. A man has always been behind the mask. And um, I almost think that, you know, that sort of sentiment, perhaps differently, can be said about Echo, uh, you know, even though he was plugged in and you have this, the violent depiction of him being unplugged, you see him make a choice in the end. You see him make several choices, helpful, selfless choices. And you can say that about Vader and Anakin at the end as well. Yeah, I think the conversation about that personal choice and it's it's a really interesting one because, again, we have all these different characters that have these kinds of modifications. And mm-hmm. when you said you know, the Bad Batch has desirable mutations, then it's like Echo now has a desirable modification because mm-hmm. it wasn't something that he chose. And I think that's that's 100% correct. And we have all these characters that kind of float in and out of these different moral gray zones. And a lot of them do. I mean, every character does. But it's interesting looking at our ones that do have kind of these cyborg and 
like more machine than man kind of tropes upon them. You know, talking about someone like Saw, which I think we do a lot of conversations yeah. of Saw compared to Vader. And then, of course, Vader and Anakin with his arm, Luke in that same situation, someone like Echo now. And then, you know, someone compared to like Grievous and even Trench. Is is all of that armor on Trench, right? Yeah, it's because the last time we saw Trench, it's it's been a really long time. It's been a long time. Like, I can't remember. I think it's like season two or three, maybe even one. But the last time we saw Trench is he either exploded or, yes, he has uh, modifications as well. <laughs> yeah. It made me think of Brea in Prin- Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Yes. And yes. they have a really good conversation about that in – in that book by Claudia Gray, should 10 for 10 read it. It was one of my favorite things about that book is um, Leia is when she's Leia's a teenager in this book on Alderaan. And she's talking about she's talking about people with modifications. And she writes, it's like a very common thing in on Alderaan and, and in the galaxy, I would imagine. And she writes about how her mother, I can't remember what it is exactly, but Brea has basically a mechanical heart or so- something like that. And mm-hmm. The, the glow is visible at night from this piece of machinery in her mom. And it's this really beautiful passage where Leia talks about being able to see the glow of her mother's heart like at nighttime from far away. And it's like really comforting to her, even though it's this like mechanical thing that is not inherently warm or motherly. And I don't know, I, I like being able to compare all these different instances of this and and echoes i think kind of falls not in line with brea's but it's just like he is choosing to use his modifications in a way that benefits the team and we never see him i think that's something that's great about echo is that he never like he doesn't talk about how he's not the same anymore he's just really accepting of who he is now he doesn't he doesn't seem in this in this arc to mourn what was he does mention that, unfortunately, he was – he says it when he's, like, sending plans back to Trent. She's like, unfortunately, I've done this a couple times. And that's kind of the only, the only like, emotion we get from him about what did happen to him on Skako Minor. Mm-hmm. But he chooses to move past that and be glad that his modifications can now help him help the Republic – which I think is like he's really kind of putting a positive spin on it, which sounds a little bit trite when I'm saying it out loud. But um, I don't know. I found really admirable about him throughout this whole arc, because even though we do have that moment of suspicion with him at the very end of the last week's episode, and then it's kind of up in the air a little bit in this episode, I don't think I ever actually doubted Echo once we got into this episode. I did have a little bit of doubt at the end of last week's episode of just kind of questioning. But once we got into the meat of this one, I was like, nope, Echo is here. (laughs) And (laughs) I completely trust him. I think because I also trust that Rex and Rex trusts him. I think that's the key, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. Speaking of Rex and Echo, I think this is a good transition to talk about something that kind of occurred to me. And I mentioned this a little bit, but I didn't really expand on it. And I think this is kind of an odd question, but I think in light of Jedi attachments and kind of Anakin's own struggles, I was wondering if Rex could potentially have any problems with attachments and letting go, especially when it comes to Echo. I mean, the first episode we see him uh, alone in his barrack looking at a photo of 
the people that have gone in his life. And he's looking at it wistfully, reflectively. It's a really emotional moment. And one that they added for this new set of Disney Plus Clone Wars. And I think that we have a moment here of personal choice, as we've discussed. But if if Rex is the leader and Echo was underneath Rex, and I think that moment, again, is really emotional. But can we compare this moment to any sort of problems that the Jedi could have with attachments and letting go? Um, and I wonder if Anakin could have potentially learned from Rex so selflessly letting Echo make his own choice and not be bound to, you know, the 501st. I think it's a really good comparison to make, actually. And we see it's almost one-to-one with Ahsoka's situation at the end of season five and Rex here uh, in season seven with Echo. When it's a possibility that Echo is alive, Rex is – he's going to do what he needs to to find out the answer. And the same thing happened – the unfortunate thing for Rex, though, is is that he's not in really a position of power or autonomy or authority. He does obviously have authority within the 501st, but he had to do this rescue mission with approval from a lot of other people. Whereas Mm -hmm. Anakin just, you know, like really went kind of rogue when it was Ahsoka that was in jeopardy and her reputation and everything like that. And so I think they're kind of similar in that vein in that they know who they trust in this, like – For Rex, it was this uncertainty, this what if, like what if Echo is alive? I have to, Mm. I have to go, I have to find the answer to this. And for Anakin, it was a question of who's betrayed us and who's like, who's put the the target on my Padawan and that's not okay. But then when we compare like their goodbye scenes, they're very different. Rex is the one who tells Echo that it's okay to leave, gives him permission Anakin pleads with Ahsoka to come back. Chases after her. I don't think, and he, I don't think he's still okay with her decision at the end. Whereas I think no. Rex is okay with. He's very sad, obviously, and he's very affected by it. But Rex understands that that's what Echo needs to do. And Anakin is definitely not in the same place when Ahsoka leaves. Absolutely, and I think the the shot is even purposely similar where you have Anakin looking over his shoulder really as Ahsoka walks down the steps and you have Rex like waiting for, you know, the answer from Echo. And then he looks back and he salutes, you know, they they share a salute. It's not like Anakin and and Ahsoka ever did that, you know? Yeah. Mm, Ouch. (laughs) It's just, it's all these moments I think that really hurt because in the end, Anakin doesn't make the right choice really until like 20 years later with Luke. So you have these moments of the people that he is surrounded by. And again, I think this is why that inclusion of the Padme scene was so important because you have Padme being like, no, you have to trust him. And she keeps, (laughs) she's able to keep Anakin, you know, to task and is able to kind of steer him in the right direction to trust Rex. And that trust then ripples down to Rex being able to trust that Echo can make his own choice. Yep. It all <laughs> is poetry and it all rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're in, in, in pain. Constant pain. <laughs> <laughs> We're just, oh, you dipped a little closer to the dark side right there. <laughs> well, there it goes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a roller coaster. 
<laughs> it really is. When we're about to fly off the rails. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> okay, well, is there anything else we want to say about this episode? I don't think so. I'm so excited for next week. I can't wait. We're unknown territory, new Ahsoka stories. Like, what a time to be alive. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't. The Bad Batch arc was such a breath of fresh air. I love being back in the second trilogy timeline. Overjoyed to see these characters again. Sad to say goodbye to the Bad Batch this episode. But... Like Charlotte said, man, oh, man, looking forward to what's coming next. Uh, If you like what you hear, you can find us online. We're on Twitter at SkyTalkersPod. Don't forget we are doing our 14-day challenge right now. Charlotte and I recorded this episode on Saturday, so we've put up the first question. And so the second one will be on Sunday, March 15th, and then so on and so forth for the next 14 days. So jump on whenever you want. Answer past questions. You know, you do you. Follow us is what I'm saying here. (laughs) Uh, There may or may not be a giveaway involved at some point. I don't know. You just might have to, you know, follow us and find out. (laughs) But you can also find our personal handles. Mine is at Caitlin Plusher and Charlotte's is at Clarity. If you also haven't taken a moment to review us, we would love it so much if you did. It really helps other people find our show and join in on the conversation with us. So head on over to iTunes if you haven't. It makes us really happy. And uh, yeah, thank you to those who have reviewed us recently. Uh, Those reviews really do encourage us on our podcasting journey. So thank you to everyone who has ever reviewed us. It does really mean a lot. And if you are interested in supporting us in other ways or want to be a part of our super fun Discord, you can head on over to our Patreon and check out our reward tiers there. Absolutely. And I want to say a shout out to these amazing patrons. Joey, Jason, David, Suara, Kelly, Amy, Courtney, Katie, Becca, Diana, Cherie, Z, Susanna, and Sarah. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And as always, until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods, the Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.